Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the Second Tier Podcast. I'm Ryan Dilks and I'm joined by the Logan Paul to my KSI. It's Justin Peach. I'm not even going to entertain that. We're branching out, Justin, to our younger audience. That's why I went with that one. Clearly. I mean, we're mid-twenties, so we're still relatively young. So we should know who they are. Do you know what a Logan Paul is? I I knew who he was back in the old Vine days. Oh, okay. I didn't know he did that. Yeah. I, I know he was a YouTube star. Do you know who KSI is? Oh, yeah, we all grew up. Well, I say we all grew up. Yeah? We're still kind of in that generation, I suppose. I've I've grown out of it. Yeah. You know, full-time job, responsibilities. Of course. Paying rent. Of course. Justin, how's your weekend been? It's been all right. Mm. It's been all right. I'm a bit under the weather, so... Is it because you... it's so cold? It is bitterly cold. If anyone who's listening to this went to a game at the weekend, I presume the majority of you did, I don't envy you because I spent... About five minutes outside yesterday from walking to the pub and it was bitterly cold. It was awful. Yeah. It it wasn't too bad. I, I was at the city ground, obviously, mm. at the Derby Forest game. It wasn't too bad. I, I didn't find it terribly cold. Maybe because you, you know, you're packed in like a tin of sardines. Mm. It's not too bad. But when you're outside in the wind, oh, and the rain made it even worse. If you didn't have rain... It, I imagine it wasn't as bad, but the rain made it a very bitter Saturday. Bitter for most. Bitter for most. Defeats. Especially if you're surrounded by floodwater. But we won't go into that, Justin. Let's kick off with the big news <clears throat> from the week. Michael O'Neill is the new Stoke mm. manager. Yeah. He will be in charge of Northern Ireland's games this coming international break and potentially any playoff games they have to play yeah. for the Euros. What do you make of this appointment? It's a really good appointment. Let's 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 be honest. It's it's a cracking appointment, and it's far beyond what I thought Stoke would go for, in a way, because it's a perfect sort of scenario for them. He's he's an international manager. He's his wages are, are relatively low for I don't know championship standards. You know, he's he's doubled his wages. Apparently, he's now on a one and a half million a year. And as well as that, he's got a great pedigree for Northern Ireland. He's turned them into a team that was, what, conference level? Yeah. At international level, into a into a team that's competing with the top teams in Europe. Yeah. You talk about the UK and Ireland teams, then Northern Ireland, despite them having the smallest population out of yeah. all the countries, and arguably the poorest quality Maybe. pool of players... They yeah. are probably the second best home nation alongside Wales. And that is mainly down to the work that Michael O'Neill's done, isn't it? No, absolutely. They they were 
I don't want to sound disrespectful, but they were completely irrelevant before he took charge. Um, I don't follow them exactly, but I now know that most of their players are relatively known throughout the UK. Mm-hmm. And some of the results he's garnered, like getting, get, I think he got to the quarterfinals in the Euros. Am I right? Yeah, yeah. So he, that, he, that's if he had that one Euros, I think it was 2016, yeah, yeah, yeah. where they got really far. I can't remember exactly how far they got. I think but, it was the quarterfinals. Yeah. Um, but as well as that, and, and they, they've got a fighting chance of qualifying for this Euros. So that sort of tells you the, the quality he has as a manager. And I think Colin Murray pointed it out. He's not set on one system or one style of play. He's worked with what he's had. And now he's arguably got a better squad. I can see him getting a very good... I can see him, well, coming out very good at, um, at this appointment. Both both Stoke and O'Neill. Yeah, as we were saying last <laughs> week, whoever comes in has got quite a good position to be in because even though Stoke are currently second from bottom in the table they have got an experienced squad mm-hmm. a lot of them are on big wages and that's because of the stuff they've done in the past so they're capable of you know being a fairly solid tar- side at this level yeah. and the expectations this level at this point in the season because they've started so badly I think are almost non-existent if he gets Stoke out the relegation zone he's done his job for this season and anything else he does is a bonus potentially yeah yeah well, another thing i wanted to point out someone on twitter uh said that johnny evans has played under sir alex ferguson mm-hmm. louis van hal and brennan rogers and yet he's constantly raving about michael o'neill's man management another positive side yeah. uh, to this appointment one Negative, And it's not really a negative, it's just something I wanted to ask you about, was I mentioned how he's going to be in charge of Northern Ireland's games for the international break coming up and any potential playoff games for the Euros. Do you see that being a potential distraction at all? I've done it on Football Manager before. Didn't distract me from my my full-time role. Well, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think it'll be all right. It's a Football Manager's dream, both international and um, club management. It's going to be interesting if we look at the Northern Ireland aspect of it. If they do get to the Euros, I presume they're going to have to find a new manager. Michael O'Neill's not going to... Oh, he'll definitely go to the Euros. Do you think he will? Oh, absolutely. Well, that'll be interesting to see if it does happen. Got to. Well, let's talk about his first game in charge. Mm. It was against Barnsley. Yep. Maybe a (laughs) nice one to start off with. Maybe the Stoke hierarchy uh, timed it so it was that way. Uh, It finished 2-4. To Stoke. 4 2 to Stoke. 4 2, yeah. Like that that also great. works. Uh, Sam Klukas got two of the goals, and mm. it was a brilliant performance by Stoke. Yeah. First time they scored more than two goals in two years. Is this the start of a new dawn? The revolution. Yeah, you were saying just a second ago, you think Stoke will look at this and maybe move up the table. And this is certainly a good start. As we say, Barnsley, not the greatest side on earth, but. Well, let. let- Sort of look at it from the outside point of view. The, the players they have, you know, just to name a couple, they got Tom Ince, who at Championship level, on his day, is one of the best players in the Championship. He's more experienced now than he was previously. Like his derby record was quality and he was great at Blackpool. Got Sam Klukas, who I think is relatively underrated. He has been probably the standout star in the Stoke team so far this season. Yeah, definitely. And his left foot is an absolute wand. And he's, and he's versatile. If he settles on one position, he'll dominate that position easily. 
Scott Hogan's got a very good track record at championship level. He's he struggled with injuries, but he, he's you know he's got a good track record. Lee Gregory, good track record at championship level, and Sam Vokes is the same. They've got good championship players. You only mentioned the likes of Joe Allen, exactly. Bruno Martins, exactly. Indy, and Jack that, Butland. That's the depth of quality that they have, and you know whether it's man management and a bit of tactical guile that's going to get the best out of them. You know, I can see them rising at the table mm. and then being very difficult to start. They looked um, unbelievable yesterday. Yeah, really confident. Yeah, Barnsley. Then it was uh, Barnsley's first time. In fact, no, this is just a little stat for you. Actually, uh, Barnsley's first ten games of the season, they mm. scored five goals. In the uh, last seven, they've scored eleven goals. And we've almost condemned Barnsley yeah. to relegation already. But the fact they're scoring more freely. Could that give them some hope of staying up this season? I mean, we've seen with QPR, you can you know, be a really good attacking side, but at the end of the day, you need to defend. In QPR's aspect, you know, a better defensive record, you know, they're competing for the playoffs. In Barnsley's aspect, a better defensive record, and it's that in between of getting relegated and staying out of the relegation zone. You can't. You at that at the bottom of the table, you cannot be good at scoring goals and still losing games. Because, you know, it's quite quite a cliche, but goals are everything in football. If you're conceding too many, you're losing games. You're not going to get any points. Yeah. You've got to remember that they're still trying to find a manager at the moment, whether yeah. it's Adam Murray who carries on <coughs> until the end of the season or maybe someone else. The task is looking massive. Yeah. And that's even though they're only five points from safety at the moment. So you look at it from yeah. the, the table aspects. They are still in it, but no, definitely because they've just been so poor performance-wise, mm-hmm. it's looking pretty hopeless. Let's go to Forest One Derby nil, the East Midlands Derby, biggest rivalry outside the top flight for you. <laughs> I'm biased. I'd, I'd say yes, but I'm sure there'd be Swansea Cardiff fans arguing, Norwich Ipswich fans arguing. Although that's not relevant anymore. No. <laughs> Don't know why I said that one. <laughs> Lewis Grabbin got the only goal of the game. Mm-hmm. What did you make of the contest? Um, it was actually <laughs> these the Derby Forest games. They're such a big build-up, and then they're really, really underwhelming. There are very, there are very few games that are really, really good um, on these ones. You know, I've been going to Derby Forest games for sixteen years. Obviously, being a Derby fan, um, I've only missed one. Fortunately, it was the one where we lost four-one, I think. Um, and and in that time, I think this is the best, one of the best Forest sides I've, I've seen. They, the, the game was relatively close. It was separated by mistake, goal-wise. Derby had the better chances, but Forest dominated the game. It, it was they dominated the game even if they didn't have the ball. They set clever traps to counter-attack, and they're you know they're really interesting to watch. They're organised. They make it hard for teams. Luke on Twitter says he thought we that being Forest controlled the game well and kept Derby at yeah. arm's length. Thiago <laughs> Silva was unbelievable. Oh, yeah, gosh, was Still think the back four is missing Dawson, but Worrell is a rock. The result moves Forest up to fifth in mm-hmm. the table with a game in hand, of course. Did this result cast any doubt for you on whether they'll finish in the playoffs this season? Forest? Mm. Mm, I don't know. Yeah, not Derby. Um, <laughs> um, it's interesting because obviously we have a, we have a friend who's a Forest fan and he said they're they're relatively poor at home compared to their away record so if they're away if they perform better than that away from home then I can't see them losing ground on playoffs it's all about consistency at this point well you say the style of football suits playing away doesn't it because as soon as they get the ball they're quickly looking Mm -hmm. ahead to see if they can make that direct pass through to Grabin through to Lolly 
I go on. So I can see why they would suit playing away from home as opposed to at home when yeah. you'd expect your team to be, I don't know, keeping the ball a bit more. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the, the games that they lost, they're teams that don't normally have a lot of possession. The, the two games that they lost on their trot, I think it was Wigan and Hull. Um, and as I say, they're, the, they're teams that sacrifice possession. So the initiative was with Forest. They struggled a little bit. Teams that do play with possession gives Forest a bit more sort of pace to their strengths a little bit. As I say, because they, they they're really organised. They've got some experienced players along along with side some some real quality. Yeah, Derby. I didn't think they're too bad here, as you say. I thought it was a pretty even game. I, I can agree with that. But the contrast between the home and away form is a real concern. Yeah. Only one win, and that was the first day of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, draws with Barnsley and Stoke along the way. It really needs to be sorted out, doesn't it? It, it will do. The, the whole game was a step in the right, right direction, and, and so was this. Um, I think the game might have been slightly different if Clark didn't go off injured. I think losing Bielik in midfield, Derby lacked a pressing midfielder. You know, Evans isn't that type. He's a quite a tidy, play the ball through him type. Whereas Bielik's, you know, he's, he's he gets close to players, and that allowed Thiago Silva to dominate the game in midfield. Yeah. Um, which played that obviously played to Forest strengths quite a lot, and you know Derby struggled. As I say, Derby struggled about that. Yeah, I wanted to give Christian Bielik a, a shout out because he was fantastic yeah. for me. It, as, as you say, he did uh, move back into defence, which wasn't good for him or for Derby yeah. really. But I don't think Derby need to worry about getting that ten million pounds back they spent on him in the future. No, yeah, I, I think they'll yeah. get the ten million pounds and then some because he is a quality player at this level and he, he's he, only getting better. He was quoted in the week um, saying he, he didn't get a chance at, for, at, not Forest, at Arsenal mm. um, and that shows a lot of self-confidence which is what you need in a in a team that's struggling at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Cardiff nil, Bristol City won Josh Brownhill with an absolute screamer to wrap up the points mm. for Bristol City. This is a much bigger derby than I realised. I, <laughs> If I'm honest, I just thought this was... Because it's not either side's <clears throat> biggest rival, is it? Yeah. I thought it was just a secondary derby that's quite a, f- mm-hmm. a distance behind yeah. the first derby. But th- these two actually do genuinely hate each other. <laughs> it's interesting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah it's very weird. Uh, but Bristol City up to six with this win. Lee Johnson not looking as streaky as we've made him out to this season. As we've made him out. I've made him out yeah, this season. come on. No, um, it's a good result going... <coughs> going to Cardiff, yeah, going to Cardiff, keeping a clean sheet um, there because we know Scott, uh, Cardiff are you know, quite good scorers at home, and as well as that, they've not been as organised defensively this season. But you know, local derbies aren't always the um, aren't always the games that's you know full of goals. Um, so for Bristol to come out with a one 0 win, it's, it's a great result. Yeah, and this is a Cardiff team who play better at home, mm-hmm. so. A massive point, a massive three points for Bristol City, and as we say, takes them up to sixth in the table now. So why are you laughing? You took your cap off. I forget how big your head is. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. God's sake. Yeah, Bristol City up to sixth in the table now, and the playoffs is the ultimate aim for them this season, isn't it? But there are a lot of teams who are going for the playoffs this season probably would have put Cardiff in that category but you've got to rule them out now really haven't you yeah Cardiff are sort of 
quite similar to Derby in the sense that they there's the odd game they're, they're fairly good at home there's the odd game where they look assured and they look good and they're going in the right direction and they sort of get grounded back down to earth again um, I expected I predicted Cardiff to finish top didn't I yeah. I, I expected a lot more from this Cardiff side the, the quality they have in wide areas and, and the forward areas and certainly defensively which they haven't shown this season I, I expected so much more um, so yeah the I'd, I'd rule them out of the playoffs at the moment. You never know with January coming around because they can bring in two or three players that changes things, but I don't expect them to spend too much. Yeah, and we keep saying that the <coughs> championship is so tight, so it does only take a win, yeah, a couple of wins to really see you rise up the table. But Cardiff fans seem to have finally had enough of Neil Warnock. As we mentioned, they're 14th in the table now, and it's a massive season of underachievement so far and this is Neil Warnock we're talking about the mm. championship legends probably the best championship manager ever I think that's fair to say yeah. can't be too many arguments about no. that particularly can there so <clears throat> the fact that he's had such a dreadful season and Cardiff fans even though he got them promoted a couple of seasons ago Cardiff fans are starting to turn on him it's it's quite sad really isn't it because this is Neil Warnock's we think last season in football it is, and it would be a shame for it to end um, with a sacking or a resignation. You know, you want him to see the season through, but at the end of the day, Cardiff have spent a lot of money over the last two years mm. in the Premier League, and this season, this season, they expectation-wise, it's got to be at least the playoffs. And if they're nowhere near it, they're as inconsistent as most teams. As I say, I compared them to Derby. And that's not a good comparison at this time. So I think he's on thinner ice than, than we might think. So Yeah, definitely. Preston 3, Huddersfield 1. Paul Gallagher amongst the goals. With Preston's home form and Huddersfield's position in the table, people might have dismissed this as an easy win for Preston. Mm-hmm. But Huddersfield were unbeaten in seven yep. before this game. So really, this <clears> is an impressive result, even more so in the way that they went about it. No, definitely. You know, As you say, they've... Well, Huddersfield have been excellent since the Cowboys took over. Seven unbeaten, as you say. To win 3-1, quite an emphatic win. Yeah, 21 shots yeah. to Huddersfield's it was, it was dominated. Yeah, so maybe you can put it down to a poor, poor performance from Huddersfield. They're not, they weren't quite at the, the best. You know, Getting a, a 1-0 win last week away at Brentford is, it was a great result for them. And you could sort of, on that sense, see it happening again at, at Preston. Yeah. Um, but obviously Preston were just too good. Preston updates on Twitter says Preston eased past Huddersfield, played some slick and confident football. Huddersfield very poor going forward, bar a lovely solo effort from Janino Bacuna. Uh, Preston's home form is the stuff of title winners, really, isn't yeah. it? But the, the real test of whether they can stay in the top two is going to come in their away games. Mm-hmm. They've got two away games coming up against Derby and Hull and they're going to be massive. I mean, when Preston are aiming for the top two, every game's massive. Yeah. But the away games, they're massive yeah. to see if they're going to stay <clears throat> mm-hmm. in that top half, top section of the table because it is so tight up there. No, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I've, I've slated Derby a little bit, but the home form has been really good. And Hall's home form has been has also been really good. They're, they're going to be two big tests away from home. They, they sort of got through it last week against Charlton, nicked a 1-0 win with the penalty. You know, the game could have ended in a draw quite easily because it was just one of those games. Um, but, you know, Huddles- uh, Preston, I'm sorry, I've got a lot of momentum now. And at this time of the season, you know, we're sort of 
after the interna- international break, you know, you pass mid-November, it's a good time to be winning games. It's very good. Well, the, if you asked a Preston fan whether they mm. take second in the table yeah. in November, they definitely absolutely rip your arm off. Uh, one final point I wanted to make on Preston is another impressive thing about them is how they've had to rejig the midfield, yeah. but still haven't missed a beat. Uh, Ryan Ledson played his first game since, since, since September mm-hmm. and slipped straight into the side. Alan Brown's been in and out of the team this season mm-hmm. and was absolutely superb here in the absence of Daniel Johnson. So I've got way too many positive things to say about Preston, but we must move on. Yeah. Uh, Huddersfield's no shame in losing away at no, Preston because no. they've been so impressive at home this season. As mentioned, they were unbeaten in seven before this game. I expect Huddersfield to continue to move up the table, but you've got to say there's still only three points off the bottom three. Mm-hmm. So with the Cowleys in charge, I can't particularly see it happening. But if it were to go tits up, they're still definitely in danger, aren't they? No, yeah, absolutely. The position they were in when they took over, you know, it was die straight. So I had a small rant saying I expect them to go down. I'd happily admit that I'm wrong just because I've, I'm a big fan of the Cowleys and the job that they did at Lincoln. Well, in fairness to you, you were talking about it when Jan Siva was yeah, in charge. Yeah, yeah. Um, but still, you know, it's it's a big, big job to come in and bring a team that was so, so poor. They were they, they were really bad, Huddersfield. And, you know, they've got them up the table. Um, but as you say, they're only three points off the relegation <coughs> zone. The next few games, I think, are going to be important to sort of see where the season's going to finish. Because, if, as I say, if they can maintain a run of form, you can sort of see them breaching mid-table. And if they get to that by Christmas, maybe you start looking higher. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, Jardinio Bacunia, uh, Bacunia, Bacuna got the goal for Huddersfield in this game. Four goals in seven mm. games from midfield for him now. Still only 22 and he's been a real factor in Huddersfield's yeah. upturn in form. He's also the only Huddersfield player other than Colin Grant to score more than one goal this season. So well done to him. Yeah, well that, that highlights the job that the Cowboys have done because Colin Grant was scoring not as freely as he was now. So they've released him a little bit and as well as that they've got Bakuna playing well he was pretty much a not a super sub but he's coming off the bench quite a lot mm. and then the last sort of three or four games I think he's, he's started and he's starting to, to really come out yeah, and play yeah. pretty well they could definitely do with more goals coming yeah, from yeah. elsewhere on the pitch because that's been a problem for Huddersfield for <laughs> years now yeah. uh, Hull nil, <coughs> West Brom 1 Jake Livermore with the only goal of the game Daniel who's an Albion fan said <coughs> we are looking so confident tough and organised trying not to be too biased but can't see a fault with this team <laughs> open brackets striker not including uh, I was going to say <laughs> well he's striker not scoring and I, I'm not sure I agree with Daniel because I don't think this was the most convincing performance by the Albion However, it's that old saying, isn't it, that the sign of a good side is when they get results, even though they're not playing at the best. No, credit to <clears throat> credit to both teams, really. You know, Hull have come out and maybe they should have nicked a result. But then again, West Brom has stood firm. They've been fortunate in some cases. But this this is a this is what really good teams do. They ride out the, the tough periods in games and they, and they stick it out. They've got the experience in there to do that. You know, you're looking at Livermore... Um, in midfield, and obviously you got the goal as well. This is a this is a good West Brom team, and as as the the lad suggested on Twitter, other than the strikers, this is a team that is almost perfect. Yeah, West Brom stay top with this win. Only one loss this season, but just two points separating them and Preston in seconds. 
in past seasons, we've seen a gap open up between the sides at the top and the rest of the league mm-hmm. and teams have ran away with it. Could you potentially see Albion creating a massive gap between the the rest of the pack? Maybe. They've got the quality to do it and they've got the depth of quality to do it as well. And, you know, you look at Pereira and Dean Garner in the wide areas, but they've still got, I think, Chris Willicks on loan there as well. And he's also a very talented wide player and he's hard to get in the game. Um, there's Kravinovic as well, who's not started a game for a while. I can't remember the exact game, he, well, the last game he started. Again, it just highlights the quality and depth. They're, they're literally a, a striker, a prolific striker away from being, from someone to pull away. A Dwight Gale, a Dwight, a Dwight you might Gale. say. <laughs> uh, West Brom Rainbow Stand says on Twitter, Jake Livermore ran the show from deep midfield, could argue in the form of his career at the moment. Somebody who probably gets a bit overlooked really when you've got uh, Pereira and Dean Garner uh, just running around well, yeah. nutmegging players for fun so yeah shout out to Jake Livermore and the goal I've never seen a shot hit so hard with so little backlift it's a fantastic goal from him and final points on uh, West Brom big boost for them it sounds like Grady Dean Garner will be staying until the end of the yes, season saw that West Ham boss Manuel Pellegrini said this week he will be ready for next season. He must finish his season where he is, which is a massive relief after the nightmare with Harvey Barnes last mm-hmm. season. And we put out a little compilation video <laughs> for Grady Dean Garner this week on on Twitter. And uh, there were loads of West Brom fans telling West Ham fans, oh, he's not actually that good. Don't worry about him. Because they were worried that he might get recalled. But that quote from Pellegrini seems to have put any fears of that to rest. <laughs> just to um, just to add to the fire a bit, you know, Pellegrini might be teetering with his job. New manager comes in. <sighs> don't, don't. Um, you know, you, these West Brom <laughs> fans who, who listen to us and love us praising Grady Dean Garner every week will have calmed down this week after hearing that quote from Pellegrini, and you've just put the alarm bells back in their head. Okay, if West Brom fans have any players that they'd like to see moved on. We'll praise them, and then maybe <laughs> some agents might pick up on it, and they might they might get moves elsewhere. We'll see. We'll see. A uh, hull in this game, as we say, probably unlucky not to at mm. least get a point. Really, uh, three wins on the trot prior to this game, and unlucky not to make it four here. Uh, they had at least three massive chances that on another day would have gone in, and they've been really good in their last four games. But it's, it's a tricky four games as well. You've got Forest, Fulham, West Brom amongst them. And I think Grant McCann can head into this international break with confidence that they can carry on this good run of form, especially no. when they have Mid- Middlesbrough next. No, exactly. And that that will, uh, will be a good test for him as well because obviously Middlesbrough, it'd be hard to counter-attack against a team like Middlesbrough who don't commit too many forward. You know, this this game was a, the perfect test for Hall. Um, you know, a, counter-attack, a counter-attacking side against a team that commits plays forward like West Brom that plays positive football. In the in the opposition third, it's it's a good opportunity to, as I say, bring out your strengths. And I thought they did that. The only thing that was missing was a goal. They were unfortunate not to get to get a result. They had chances to equalise and they had loads of chances. And yeah, you know, as as I was saying, it's it's a good result. Uh, sorry, a good performance from both sides. West Brom will come away thinking it's a good result. Mm-hmm. And I think Hull will be pretty positive about the performance. Yeah, twelfth in the table now, not a million miles off the playoffs. So. 
I, I did I did ask you last week whether you think Hull could potentially be in the mix, but I, I won't ask you again after uh, lost to West Brom because it's it's hard to say really, isn't it? So I, I did mention to you in the week that I think Jared Bowen, Grzycki and Kevin Shrew are all out of contract at the end of the season. Well, that's a problem, which we'll discuss at a later date. But <laughs> if Hull um, want to get any money from Jared Bowen, then they they'll have to sell him in January, mm. won't they? But we'll have to wait and see. Leeds to Blackburn one. Patrick Bamford and Jack Harrison with the goals. A comfortable win in the end for Leeds. Blackburn didn't have many chances in this game, and really Leeds maybe should have had scored more the issue is still putting away chances and I worry that could end up biting them on the arse when we get into the business end of the season I think I'm sort of going to disagree there because whilst they have been in that situation already this season where they've not been putting away chances and teams have been clawing back I think they've turned a corner you know it's one defeat and seven for them now so it's gathering pace and I think Roberts in behind the striker is a is a good tweak from Bielsa because it's it's effectively another striker on the pitch but in a slightly deeper position. So I I think that you'll start to see Leeds obviously dominate games but also see games out. Well dominating games hasn't really been a problem, has it? Because they've been creating <coughs> numerous chances more than any other side in the league and they've been as well the most defensively sound mm-hmm. side in the league. And Leeds probably are the best team in the league in that respect. Um, they're only a goal-scoring striker away from being miles ahead of everyone yeah. else. But not putting games to bed is the problem. And with the form of Preston and West Brom, it is incredibly tight at the top two at the moment. Yeah. So I'm not as convinced at the moment. If, if, I mean, if they can get to January and still be in a good position, which I have absolute confidence that they will be. Oh, yeah, I do too. Um, and they'll, they'll be in the mix. Yeah, they'll, they'll get to January. I think when that busy Christmas period comes, there'll be a bit of rotation between Nketiah and Bamford starting games. And as well as that, you know, we saw Bamford score. Albeit from the spot. And, yeah, but, you know, he scored. He was in the right position. And um, he provided the assist for Harrison, which is going to do him the world good. It's his first goal at home this season as well. Mm. I wanted um, to give a big shout out to Jack Harrison, actually, because he's not always impressed Leeds fans, or me, but <laughs> he's had a hand in all but one of Leeds's last seven goals. Yeah. Four assists and two goals in his last six games, which is pretty incredible, really. Yeah, he's a, he's a player in form and we've yet to see the best of, of Costa as well. So there's still a lot. This this Leeds team's probably only in third or fourth gear. Mm. They've not even hit top gear yet, which is a worry for other teams. Yeah, and this has been their form has been without uh, Pablo Hernandez as well. So they've, yeah, they've had a lot of injuries. He came back yesterday yeah. off the bench, albeit so. When he returns for the after the international break, it'll be a scary sight mm-hmm. for the rest of the championship. <clears throat> Blackburn, as I say, didn't really create too much, but not many teams do. No. Ellen Road. Four away losses in a row now for Rovers. And they're, they're a very inconsistent side in the first place, aren't yeah, they, Blackburn? Yeah. So what, what what do you make of how they're going at the moment? Uh, it's, it's poor, isn't it? They need to find that, that formula again. That, you know, they had a good run of formula on in the season and they need to find that formula that, that puts them back into that bracket again. You know, It's one win in six and teams around them are starting to pick up points. Obviously, we saw mm. Stoke get a new manager, win quite emphatically yesterday, Huddersfield as well. I'd be looking over my shoulder at the moment for, for Blackburn just because 
of the way they're losing games as well. It's you know poor defensively. I know they beat Chef Wednesday last week, but that was probably more good fortune that that, that result came about rather than performing well. Mm. Um, and as well as that, I still think the squad's terribly imbalanced. It's it's a, it's a bit of a worry. Yeah, I in in a way I do agree with you that. Mm. They probably should be looking over their shoulder. I wouldn't say they're in danger of relegation no, just yet no. because they've got some very good players in that team yeah. and they should drag them out of any potential relegation mm-hmm. battle. So I wouldn't put them in that bracket yet, but you've got Huddersfield who are just a place behind them and Stoke who are seven points behind them, but we expect them to move up the table. Yeah. And then that sees them move two places down and then they're at some terrible teams at the bottom of the championship yeah, at the moment and I, I won't put Blackburn in that category but the way they're going at the moment you can't rule them out I suppose so no and, and as well as that we've mentioned it several occasions we mentioned it last week they're a team that we thought might have an outside chance of, of finishing of competing in the playoffs or for the playoff spots and they're nowhere near that no not even close no so it, it's it, it's a really disappointing season for them. Yeah, and I suppose that's why a lot of Blackburn fans have been calling for Mowbray out, but you can't really do that after Leeds away, can you? So no. he's got an international break at the very least. Mm-hmm. Wigan, nil, Brentford, three. A man sent off for both sides in this game. On the face of it, it looks like Brentford have gone to Wigan and absolutely pumped them, but that's not really the case. Wigan were poor and didn't really create anything all game. And while Brentford did deserve the win, they only had the seven shots to Wigan's five. So I'd say this is by no means a criticism of Brentford. If anything, they've you know shut Wigan down and earned themselves a comfortable win. But let's focus on the positive because this win has quite impressively seen Brentford leap up the table to ninth, two points <laughs> off the top six. And it's so tight in the top half. I've got Brentford down as someone who will finish in the playoffs at the end of the season. How about you? Um... I just don't want to be disappointed if they don't, because I've said it every season, and, and so are you. Um, they've got the quality to do it, and I think players are starting to get into their groove now. I've seen Embuemo really hit top form. The silver has been unbelievable. Um, I'm absolutely using over him. He's, he's, he's a quality player, um, and Ben Rahman's just starting to come into come into his own as well. As well as that, defensively, they're outstanding, or they have been this season. So. I think playoffs is a good bet for them, but there are a lot of teams now starting to pick up form. And as I've said, Brentford have got the quality to do it, so why not? Yeah, yeah. You mentioned Josta Silva there, scored another here. Three goals this season now from midfield, still only 21. Hmm. And he's a lovely player to watch. And he's one to keep an eye on, really, isn't he? Uh, Wigan, they've recently been playing better, but not getting the results. Here, they didn't get a result because they created very little throughout the whole game. Wigan fans are once again calling for Paul Cook's head. Thoughts? I've agreed with them since... Well, I've been saying it since the start of the season, maybe. Well, I had a thought yesterday that, really, is Paul Cook underachieving? Because this Wigan side, we had down as somebody who'd be fighting relegation this season. So is it really too much of a shock that they're down there? No, but I think by at that point, when we predicted them, they hadn't signed Kiefer Moore. Jamal Lowe. Jamal Lowe. 
they were fairly late additions and as well as that their away form's terrible still is but their home form's also not great either I mean they're still outside the relegation zone at the moment 20th two points off the bottom three it's skinny teeth job isn't it because there are teams poorer than them and that's all well and true That's, that's great but there's only there's only so long that's going to be the case, you know. Well, who do you get in? Is the question because it's all well and good saying Paul Cook needs sacking. You need to get someone in who's yeah. going to do better. Oh, we're going to have got a pretty weird track record with appointing managers. Mm. You know, they appointed Gary Caldwell, didn't they, at one point? Yeah, and um, Warren Joyce. Um, Interesting selections, to say yeah, the least. yeah. So they've not got the best track record. I think Paul Cook's probably the best manager since Martinez. Maybe, good yeah, maybe, yeah, potentially Rosler, but there's Owen Coyle in that in that category as well. Bring back Owen Coyle. Oh, goodness, yeah, <laughs> some really bad bad appointments. Um, and it, yeah, fairly good point. But uh, there are good managers out there at the moment that get, will give them a confidence boost. You know, we're looking at players like Daniel Stendhal, who I think would fit this Wigan team really well. Mm-hmm. Just, bad just, just to speculate, you know, he's got players there, you know, he, he plays a pressing game, he's got players like Williams, Morsey, Lee Evans in that midfield, and creatively they've got Jamal Lowe, Michael Jacobs, Gavin Massey, who runs all day, and he's worked with Keith Moore before. You know, just, as I say, just to speculate, that that would be a fairly good fit for him. Yeah. Um, as I said, every week almost, Wigan, I don't think Cook's the right fit right now for them. They they probably need somebody else in just to start getting more out of him. One shot on target at home, four shots off target out. You know they're all outside the box. They're not even getting near the goal. Eleven touches inside the box. It's not it's not good at home. Yeah, Reading three, Luton nil. Gareth McCleary amongst the goals. His first in two and a half years. Mm. Three wins in four now for Mark Bowen, and it's an unbelievable resurgence. You've got to wonder how far it can go. <laughs> Yeah, I've literally put down. Am I wrong about Bowen? Well, in my notes, you know, ten out of twelve points for him now as man- as manager. I think it's, yeah. it's pretty good. We, we've but, said this side is capable of a mid-table top half finish, though, haven't mm-hmm. we? And it just needed the right man in charge. I didn't expect that man to be Mark Bowen, and whether it turns out to be him, we'll have to wait and see. Nobody expected it to be their sporting director. No, <laughs> let's be honest. Um, but Reading have done this. This is the third season on the trot. Now they've done this. They brought in Clement. They sacked Stam, brought in Clement. They had a good bounce at the right time. They sacked Clement, brought in Gomez. He improved them a little bit. And they've done the same sacking Gomez and bringing in Bowen. It's It's been a consistent theme for Reading over the last few years. So the jury's out on, on Bowen just because they clearly do enjoy a new manager bounce. Mm. Fair point. Luton, four straight losses for them now. Like Wigan... They're struggling and fans are calling for Graeme Jones to be sacked. Thoughts? It'd be pretty harsh. You know, at one point in the season, you mentioned that Luton fans were just, you know, they were quite happy with what they were doing at that point. But they have seemed to have got a lot poorer performance-wise as well. They're they're starting to get battered. Hmm. As I mentioned, four straight losses. I think it's very harsh. Because he's been dealt a tough hand. Yeah, They've sold two of their best players in Jack Stacey and James Justin. Mm-hmm. And virtually none of that cash has gone back into the squads. They only spent money on the goalkeeper, 
and what a success he's been. <laughs> you could argue a better manager would grind out more results, but realistically, who are Luton fans expecting to come in? Nathan Jones. <laughs> Even though he's not the most popular man in Luton at the moment. Would they turn him down? I don't know. It's, it's an interesting conundrum, isn't anyway, it? Anyway, but... the, the point is, with the quality that's in this squad, and by that I mean there's not very much, I mean, the, 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 how many of these players would get in a top-half side? Yeah, it's a, it's a fairly good point. I'd say Izzy Brown, maybe. But apart from that, the, there's not much quality in the squad. And no manager who is a realistic appointment, apart from maybe Nathan Jones, is going to come in and do any better than what Graham Jones is doing. I guess. It, they're, they're an interesting side. Yeah, I th- as you say, they didn't reinvest in the team. They needed some more... Championship experience, not but not in the form that they've brought in. You know, Callum McManaman's not done much for the last four or five years. Butterfield is in the same bracket. Um, just, just two to mention. They needed more players like Izzy Brown, who mm. were quite hungry to to prove a point, um, and still young enough to 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 prove a point. So yeah, it's it's hard because. I do, I do like Graham Jones, and there are games where I've thought they look good here, but you know, results. It's all it's all about results. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Birmingham nil, Fulham one. A Lee Camp mistake handed Fulham the three points. Three wins in twelve prior to this game for Fulham, which is shocking, by the way. Mm. But a much needed win for Scott Parker. As mentioned previously, even though <clears> they've been on a barren run, they are still seventh. And of course, with the players in Fulham squads. You'd expect him to be doing better, but yeah. it's definitely not the end of the world, is it? No, it it buys Parker a bit more time. He's got an international break to sort of regroup and um, and they reconfigure everything. They've, as you said, they've been poor. You know, three defeats in six for Fulham, but three wins in twelve is it's not good enough for a team that's got the quality to finish in the automatics. Hmm. Here's an interesting stat for you. This is since the start of September. In the games Fulham haven't won. They've had 70% possession or more in all of them, except for one, when they were down to 10 men. In the games they have won, they only had over 70% possession once. So, they play better without the ball. That's interesting. Mm, There you go. (laughs) And we we all know how Fulham like to play. Mitrovic will be missing the QPR game after picking up a card. Mm. Big loss because he has shown that he's way too good for the championship. Yeah, definitely. It was <clears throat> it was too good for the championship when he came in alone, and he showed last season that he's capable of being good in a crap team in the Premier League, um, and he's proven it again this season. Yeah, absolutely. Birmingham then Lee Camp had a nightmare, not for the first time. Last week we said Pep Clotet's doing a good job with a Birmingham squad that isn't full of quality. Blues fans were outraged at us saying this, Justin. A few were saying it's one of the best squads in the division. Hmm. Okay, Many more were saying they could easily finish in the playoffs this season. What are your thoughts on that? Um, I'm going to disagree on that one. Now, I'm not saying Birmingham are crap. I'm not saying... I'm not saying... When I say they're average, I'm not saying that they're rubbish. I'm saying they're literally the league average. You know, they were 12th when we said it. They're 13th now. They they are the definition of average, you know, middle of the table, median. That's done. But from a from a squad perspective, 
Yep, completely agree. That's the best squad for a, for a long time. You know, you got players like Maxim Collin, um, Sunjic, Pedersen, Jokovic. They, these are some good players, but as well as that, that's balanced out with players that aren't great. You know, I'm I'm not a big fan of Harley Dean or Mark Roberts. I'm not convinced that they're the defender, the the centre backs that's going to get them into the playoffs. And as well as that, they they lack goals from other areas. You know, Jukovic is is on four goals this season. He's not as prolific as he was last season in both assists and goals. And Christian Pedersen's the next the next one there, and he's a defender. This is a fairly good team, and Clotet's getting the best out of them. But they need a lot more if they want to finish in the playoffs. Hmm. Birmingham City. Going back to what we were saying about the playoffs. Birmingham City will not finish in the playoffs this season. I can guarantee that. The football might be nicer to watch for Birmingham fans, but they're not as good a side as Birmingham fans seem to think they are. Yeah, you just have to look at the form. Yeah, I keep hearing how they're a good striker away from the playoffs. So I presume what they're saying is they create a lot of chances, but don't put them away. But that's not the case, because the underlying data shows they're 18th in the league for expected goals going forward. And then in addition to that, they're 13th on the defensive side of expected goals. So the reality is they're more, as you say, Mid-table. more than a good striker away from the playoffs. And when you consider, I think at the end of the day, when you consider the turmoil behind the scenes yeah. at Birmingham back in the summer, mid-table finish is a good season for Blues. And it's, the a fans, bit, it's a building point. Yeah, the, fa- the, <clears> the fans <throat> need to reel in their expectations a bit because otherwise they're going to get very annoyed with Pep Clotet mm-hmm. when... <clears throat> as we said, he's done a good job this season. It's it's a it, as we said, it's a good building point for them. They've got players like Jude Bellingham, um, Odin Bailey, who are who are really young coming through the ranks. Crowley, you mix that with players like Crowley and Valauber. I think Valauber, yeah, is um, his key passes is, is one of the highest this season um, for Birmingham. So he's he's a creative player. There are players there that are going to get better. You know, temper temper the expectations this season, just because mid table the data shows it's, it's looking like a mid-table finish. Mm. Um, and, then, you know, at that point you get two transfer windows, January and then the summer, and you're looking at, you know, possibly a, a playoff challenge next season. Because a of chance to fill the gaps. Yeah. Yeah. One final point on Blues. They've signed Jeremy Baylor. He scored 16 goals in 67 appearances for Albacete. In the Spanish single under, I don't know how you pronounce that. Albacete. Is that how you say it? Uh, Albacete. Maybe not that. <laughs> yeah, he's got 16 goals in 67 appearances. Unknown quantity, not overly prolific. Who no. knows? It could be a masterstroke. Mm, could be. Millwall 2, Charlton 1. Injury time goal for Matt Smith. Wrapped up the three points for Gary Rarrett. And he's got things back on course with a good victory. That takes them up to 15th in the table. The dizzying heights of 15th. The dizzying heights of 15th. Anything else you want to add particularly on this game? No, it's a good, it's a good result for Millwall, given the fact that Charlton absolutely peppered Bielkowski. I love him. I love Bartosz Bielkowski <laughs> yeah. so much. I, When I used to work in Ipswich, I saw him a lot for Ipswich Town, and he would save games by himself. Mm. He would win them points by himself. And judging from some of the saves he made in this game... I mean, he made a bit of a hash with the one that he had to claw off the line, but he, he does it again. He is an unbelievable shot stopper at this level. 
and should really be in the Premier League. The, the things that I'm down are coming out for crosses, footwork, that kind of thing. But shot stopper, he's probably best in the league. Maybe. Yeah. Charlton, loss here. Um, I think that they they've they they were unlucky. Um, but that's Millwall at home. You know, if, if you don't get on top of Millwall and get the goals, they're gonna come out and and they'll ride the games out and then they'll punish you. And they did that. And, you know, they scored goals from set pieces. Who knew? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but we keep saying it every week they need Lau Taylor back. I thought he'd be back sooner than this. Let's. Let's. Um, They've got the international break. Yeah. yeah so, so hopefully, we'll be, be going out. Sorry, you wouldn't be called up for Antigua, is it? Who he plays for? I don't know. Maybe no. Google it now. No. QPR two, Middlesbrough two. A brace from a Brit, a Sumberlonger earned Borough a point last week. You said if QPR can't keep a clean sheet against Middlesbrough, then there's no hope for this defence. They've gone and conceded two, and the goals they conceded were terrible. I think the first one, he's. I think the wide players beat the defender, and the there's the balls then ran in front, and the centre half's not come and swept it up. It's not ideal, and it's not good. And as I said, this this Borough squad, this Borough squad didn't look like they score in a month of Sundays, and they did, and that's a big worry for QPR. I think. Yeah, it's they're, they're sliding down the table at quite an alarming rate, really, mm. and. A few QPR fans told us they they could get in the top six this season. I was not so sure about that. And that's not looking the case now. And at the moment, you've got to say a top-half finish is in question at the moment, isn't it? It is. Um, you know, they're not, they're not got a, an abundance of funds either. So you get to January and you think, where can they improve? It's obviously the defence. You know, I'm not... It's definitely the defence. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely the defence. You know, I'm not convinced at all by Leisner and Grant Hall. Um, Barbe's not the the best defensively either. You know, he's very good at carrying the ball out and and you know making the right passes. But as a defender, he's not the best. Mm. Um, the thing so is, as well, they could lose <clears throat> Eberache Eze in the January window. Yeah, as they'll, well. they'll be teams sniffing around him, and as well as that, I've heard a few rumours about Naki Wells as well. Mm. And, you know, they'd. I'm sure if the right offer came in, Burnley would recall him and and take the money for him because he's in great form and he, at the moment, is carrying QPR forward. Yeah. A point away at a QPR side who have started the season well Yeah, is a good point for Middlesbrough, isn't it, really, considering how crap they've been recently? Could this be a springboard? It's, it's a good point, but let's look at the bigger picture here. They scored. And that's the positive to take away from this Absolutely. whole game. Absolutely, and as well as that, Sambalonga scored both the goals, and he looked dangerous every time he went forward, which hasn't happened much this season. Didn't get a sniff last week against Derby, and I know they were down to ten men, but Sambalonga was just nowhere near the Sambalonga that everybody knows. Mm. And you know, against QPR, it was more like it. Yeah, absolutely. Let's finish off with. Probably the game of the weekend in terms of entertainment. Wednesday 2, Swansea 2, two goals in injury time. Uh, we've left this game last, but that's more because of the impact that it's had on the whole division, I suppose. Uh, both sides neglected their defensive duties and neither could have won it. Both keepers busy, the woodwork mm. was hit. Uh, both <clears throat> sides will have eyes on the playoffs this season. Yeah. Straight up question, which one do you think is the most likely to get in the playoffs this season? Oh, that's hard, that is. 
Um, they're very even, aren't they, really? Yeah, they are. I'd say, I'd say Swansea. I'm going to give you the option of Swansea, Wednesday, both or neither. Which one are you hedging your bets with? Both. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. That is a big call because there are a lot of teams who we say could get in the playoffs no, this no, season. Yeah, I know. But Sheffield Wednesday for me under Gary Monk, they've been unbelievable and this game showed their sort of best qualities uncharacteristically defensively poor. You know, Westwood with two mistakes does not like him at all. Um, but they looked an attacking threat every time they went forward. Swansea were pretty similar. These are these are two teams that are competing at the top of the table and can finish in the playoffs. Do so, you want to know what I'm going to go with? Neither. And that's only because I've... I've thought about it in my head. You've got West Brom, Preston, Leeds. Three teams, I think, will definitely be in the playoffs at the end of the season. Fulham, expect to be in there. Brentford, expect to be in there. I've only got one place left. And at the moment, I'll probably go with Forest. Yeah, maybe I jumped in there. But... Yeah. You didn't think about it, did you? But... No, I've got nothing. Yeah, <laughs> <maybe I jumped laughs> in. Last point to make, Swansea not lost away from home this season. Which yeah. is a stat that completely passed me by. But is very impressive considering they've had some tricky games away from home this season no they have obviously big statement win was was Leeds but do you want to know an even bigger stat to come out of that game go on who do you think completed the most dribbles for Sheffield Wednesday it's going to be someone stupid isn't it go on Neuer who fantastic (laughs) let's go to the other news from the week Justin we'll have to wrap through this relatively quickly we'll start off with Something we kind of touched on last week. Preston won't be pursuing their formal complaint of an alleged illegal approach by Stoke for manager Alex Neal. Kind of touched on last week, didn't we? Not surprised that Preston aren't pursuing it. It's all been kind of said and done now, isn't it? They've appointed a manager, so yeah. Yeah, yeah. Let's all just forget about it, shall we? Yeah, Let's all go to the pub and just have a pint. It's an unsavoury moment. They, yeah. We've apolo- they've apologised. Yeah. We've Everyone's shook hands. Yeah. Everyone's fine. Championship referees are having <coughs> VAR training. Did you hear about this? I didn't. It's to prepare the next generation of officials for when they referee in the Premier League. Oh, good. As so opposed not. to VAR being in, yeah, used no, in the no Championship. No benefit to the Championship at all. However, if they do decide that they then want to introduce VAR mm-hmm. in the Championship, then they can say... The officials are already trained, can't they? So in that aspect, it might just be a matter of time. I mean, it's great that they're getting training in VAR, but they need more training in general. <laughs> the ones who are using it now need more training is what you're saying. No, just the referees in the championship in general need more training. They okay. have, they're appalling. Sorry. Yeah, they're terrible. Maybe we'll talk about that next week. We've got an international break, haven't we? So we need to talk about something. Well, we'll have a chat about it. Wayne Rooney has been at Derby's training ground this week. Apparently, he wants to familiarise himself with the place before joining in December. Just ask the uh, the Leeds guy that was found in the footpath. Wow. <laughs> Firing shots. <laughs> he won't be allowed to play until January, though. Um, you forget that he's also going to be a coach, don't you? Yeah. Really? Yeah. There you go. And just finally, we don't usually cover players signing new contracts but there's been three interesting ones in the championship this week Matthias Glick mm. has signed a new four and a half year contract with Leeds he's 29 now bit long when he's getting on a bit isn't it yeah he'll be 33 34 by the time yeah. his contract's done 
Yeah, and when you consider the way Leeds play, I mean, whether Marcello Bielsa is still there in four and a half years' time is another debate for another day. I mean, but and then they've they've maximised an asset. You know, they they'll get full value on him if they decide to sell him. So it's not the strategically the worst thing to do, but as you say, a four and a half year deal for a twenty nine year old take out the way they play because I don't think that's relevant. He's a good player, but is he going to be there at thirty four years old? No. Mm-hmm. Gareth Barry has re signed for West Brom. Turns thirty nine in February. I tell you what, he does not look older than twenty five. No, he doesn't, does he? He yeah. is not aged at all since when he was at Villa. Still got that square jaw. Yeah. What? Re-signing him? Do you see much point in this, or is it literally just to add a bit more depth to midfield? I mentioned this a while ago now that they—I thought he was still there, to be honest with you. Um, but when you think about it, they've got players like Chris Brunt, um, just some really experienced players in there that are going to be beneficial throughout the season. You know, if they want to go defensive, they've got Livermore in there already, and they've got Gareth Barry. Just to slot in if they wanted to mm. sit back a bit, you know, it's the old adage of seeing it out. So might be the stereotypical he adds something to the changing room kind of thing, I suppose. And finally, Bristol City defender Ashley <laughs> Williams has extended his deal until the end of the season. And I tell you what, I think we might have given him praise last week, but he has been a fantastic signing for Bristol City when you consider how average he was at Stoke last season he's really come in and done a job hasn't he <coughs> he has been terrible since the Euros in 2016 because he peaked then he, and then he went to, uh, to Everton yeah. and he was just awful I've not seen a defender play so badly in a while and he, yeah so for him to come to Bristol City I had my reservations but he's, he's been, he played really well Yep. let's do some polls Justin who is underachieving the most out of Luton and Wigan Wigan 75% agree with you. They spent a lot of money, so it makes mm. sense. Yeah, that's a fair point. Can Wayne Rooney, just mentioned him, get Derby into the playoff picture in the second half no. of the season? No, I need a lot more. A massive majority agreed with you. 84%. They need three or four players. So. And finally, if you have a piece of bread with a filling inside of it, it's a sandwich, right? So in that case, is a hot dog a sandwich? 83% said no, which is growing. In fairness. Uh, we're going to have to call Yeah, I'm going to wind this in soon. Well, maybe when barbecue season hits, because I'm sure we'll podcast. That is a long time away. It is a long time, but you know, you've got to be optimistic in these cold winter yeah. months, you know. Because we'll, what are we going to talk about in June? We'll talk about the dangers of not wearing sun cream. And hot dogs. And hot dogs. And their capabilities of being sandwiches Craig Bryson pub quiz Justin it's that time of the week I'm asking you this week we give Justin a random player a championship legend some might say some some might say Uh, 200 championship appearances the very minimum needs to have been relatively recently first clue just before you get onto the clue I think we should start tallying these and have some sort of point system. We did, but I lost track. So have I. Yeah. And I think we should do a forfeit when we get to Christmas. Could do. So we should put it out there and ask Depends for, what the forfeit is. We should ask for potential forfeits. None that are potentially going to harm us or You've got to remember, anybody. 
a lot of our listeners don't agree with our opinions and probably want to see us suffer. Which makes it interesting. So we should we should put a call out on social and uh, see what forfeits they might recommend. We'll see. We'll see. First clue. I have 247 championship appearances, scoring 21 goals. That tells me he's a defender. Darren Moore. It's not Darren Moore, but a jolly good guess at that. I made my debut on loan at Stevenage in 2008 at the age of 18. Oh, Darren Moore was not 18 in 2008. That's a bit young, really, isn't he? So he's 18, well, he's, he'll be 29 now. And he, as I say, he's got to be a defender. Grant Hall. No. No, it's not Grant Hall. No, it's not Grant Hall. <laughs> I have 36 caps for my country. And I'm also their youngest ever captain. Hmm. Is it Lewin Nightanger? It's not Lewin Nightanger. <sighs> Only 36 caps. I know Wales were very poor a few years ago, but 36 caps. That's a lot. Oh, yeah, we didn't play for Stevenage. I don't know why I said that. I played at the 2014 World Cup. Hmm. <laughs> oh, what teams were there that could possibly have a player that previously played for Stevenage? On loan at Stevenage. Yeah, yeah. Probably Spurs loanee then. <laughs> that is a very <laughs> random, such a random assumption. Uh, yeah. 2014 World Cup. So I can't remember what teams were there that were. I mean, he's played in the Championship. So want to move on? Yeah, that's quite a broad clue. How many clues have I got? Two left. Okay. But the last one, you've got two combined into one. Really, this one. Gives you a bit more of an idea of which country. <clears throat> okay. I have two international goals against Fiji and New Caledonia. So it's Australian. Mm. James Meredith. It's not James Meredith. Good guess that, though. I'll give you that. Final clue. I've played for one club in the championship, and I now play for Colorado Rapids in the MLS. Tommy Smith. <laughs> Damn it! Damn it! Oh, I thought I had you there. I thought you looked at me with a blank expression, but damn, what 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 was it? The one club? Yes. Or are you just an expert on Colorado Rapids? No, yeah, the one club was quite easy, but I know you, you played for Colorado Rapids. But there you go. That's an interesting one, and he was a really good player. Yeah, New Zealand legend. Thirty-six caps is surprising. I thought he'd have more. I I recently went on a Wikipedia binge and found Happens. myself on in Tommy Smith's profile. I've done Tommy Smith I think twice, that's it, I think twice that's in a month. It, yeah, I think that's when it was. <laughs> Two different Tommy Smiths. Right, this has been the second tier podcast, <clears throat> Justin. Have you had a good time? I always have a good time. Oh, good. Yeah, good. they're always enjoyable. Yeah, well, thank you. I try, I try my best. Um, next week is the international break. Yes. What we're going to do, don't really know. We'll do something. We'll criticise referees. Yeah, just rip into Darren English or some what? other. <laughs> I just picked out a random championship ref. Darren English. Curse you, Darren English. English. Uh, yeah, this has been the Second Tier Podcast. We'll come up with something next week. We Obviously, we've got no games to cover, so we'll let you know. Have a jolly good chat. We'll still find time to rip into Paul Cook and QPR's defence. So. Yeah, yeah. We always make time for that. Yeah. Uh, keep warm. It is very cold and nobody 
in the office likes people with germs, so make sure you wrap up warm when it's getting colder. Yeah. Yeah. And always remember your sun cream. And always remember your sun cream. I've been Ryan Dilks. I've been Justin Peach. Thank you for listening. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.